Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Dutch, welcome to the show. What's happening, my man? Everything. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us here on the uh, Grit Daily Startup Show. We love to talk about the world of startup, the good, the bad, and what we like to call the gritty course. So I'm curious to learn what your experience has been in, in, in the startup space. But before we get into all that, let's back up a little bit, help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you uh, and your backstory and what really brought you to present day with what you're working on. I mean, before I get there, I got to say the monkey is pretty sweet, bro. Thanks, bro. That's It's a gorilla, but same, it is same a gorilla, thing. Well, yeah. Same, same species overall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. So help us understand what's your backstory? What's your, what, what, what really brought you to present day with what you're doing? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think I started my first business when I was coaching college baseball um, in San Francisco. And I realized, you know, indentured servitude because of what wasn't the life I really wanted to lead. I grew up with a kind of serial entrepreneur up and down family and where they would succeed, fail, succeed, fail. And so you know, while I was coaching college baseball, I just, you know, started wanting to look for a better way or a different way. I think I watched a late night um, Robert Kiyosaki infomercial at, you know, 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. And I was trying to figure out what to do with the first money I'd made in my life. And then I think I flipped my first house uh, within a few months after that and then became a consultant. Um, and I started consulting on headhunting, which is what I'd been doing the last two years. Right. And on the side, I had done, you know, the side hustle of flipping the houses and build it, starting to build a little bit of a real estate, you know, rentals and those kind of things. And um, over the years, I continued to consult for a while. And, um, and then it started being thought leaders and information marketers and real estate companies and all kinds of different things over the years. And at some point in time, you know, I'd had enough of, of working for other people or making other people, you know, wealthy and companies wealthy and uh, began our own, you know, real estate investment fund in 2015. And we'd been doing education for about three years. And, um, our students came to me and they said, Hey, you know, put your money where your mouth is, right? If you, if you say you can do real estate or if you're teaching us real estate, right, do it with us. Um, and so we opened the doors and we started investing, you know, side by side, hand in hand with, with what was once students and then became our partners and, and investors. And next thing I know, you know, 2023, we're, you know, several hundred million dollars in assets and 6,000 plus people have invested with us. And, and it's been a, a fun journey. It's a hard journey, right? Um, it's an up and down journey over the years, right? And you know, you're, you're taking a lot of responsibility when you are investing with other people and you're investing other people's money, right? Um, and so, you know, for me, there's a, a huge responsibility with, you know, just deciding, you know, when do you stay small? Do you go big, right? You can stay small and make more money. Um, if you choose to go big, you're going to make less money for a while, and, and you're going to, you know, go through all of the the pitfalls and, and the challenges, right, of growth, whether it's, you know, learning how to, you know have a 401k plan and HR and, and healthcare and compliance and, and, you know, state regulatory bodies. And do you put an office, you know, here, or do you put an office there based on laws and rules? And so figuring all of those things out with a, you know, a kid from Iowa who coached baseball and, 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 you know, getting to the journey of, of, you know, running, you know, a pretty good sized business at this point in time and making a, a pretty serious impact on people's lives. So it's, it's been, it's been, a, it's a fun journey, man. The, the DNA of a founder, I think is something I study, uh, pretty closely. And I, it sounds like you're, you're someone who studies it pretty deeply too. Well, I mean, it's kind of part of the job, you know, job description, you know, <laughs> with podcasting, I get the opportunity to really understand, you know, a lot of different industries and what people are doing. So, which yeah. is great. I mean, that's good. Best part about the job. It's not really a job, but 
Uh, if you had to identify it as something, I guess a job would be the closest uh, to it. So um, Rad Diversified, let, let's talk about that. And I know you talked a little bit about you know what you guys have been doing, but let's, let's get a little more granular on exactly what you guys do, what problems you solve. Yeah, I mean, we're a non-traded public REIT, right? And so, you know, we're not like the stock market, um, but we're still public. So we have auditing and we have third-party accounting and we have third-party, you know, uh, evaluators of assets and properties. And we have to do public reporting and all of those kind of things. But we invest in real estate, right? We buy American farmland. Um, you know, we believe it's, you know, a great asset class for people to invest in. We also believe that the foreign companies, foreign foreign powers, foreign entities should not be you know, owning American land and American farmland, right? We think it's one of our great resources. And I feel like when we invest into it and we we maximize the potential uh, yield of it and the potential income of it, then then we've done something, you know, really good. And so so that's really important to us. Um, we invest in residential real estate as well. Um, and so everything you've seen on HGTV, you know, over all of the years, but now, you know, maximize that towards, you know, 40 to 50 homes a month. Um, that we're rehabbing, we're repairing, we're fixing, um, we're leveling up. And so those are, you know, our really two main asset classes. Um, Florida, Pennsylvania, Texas um, are our three primary markets. We have farms in Idaho, Arkansas, and Tennessee. So, yeah, I mean, the problem we solve is, is investors don't know where to put their money. And, and it's frustrating. Um, and this is, this is a hard time, right, to figure out where to put your money. And so what I wanted to do with RAD is, you know, I could have just continued to work on bringing in a private investor, or I could have just continued to say, hey, we can do good investments for people. But I wanted to create um, the easiest vehicle for people to understand, the easiest vehicle for people to be able to trust, um, to be able to, you know, have investments that they could see succeed and, and, and make a return on. So can anybody do this? I was taking a look at your website earlier, and it said, you know, you can invest as little as $1,000. Yeah, so so we we go through different phases with the SEC. So every time our stock price increases by more than twenty percent, we've got to do what's called a requalification as a non traded non traded public REIT, right? And so right now we're on we build a waiting list of non accredited investors, and then we'll, when we open up, um, which I believe will open up again this summer, we can bring in those non accredited investors at a thousand dollars. Currently, we have what's called a Reg D filing with the SEC. And so we can bring in accredited investors right now. Um, I have my own you know, beliefs on the constitutional part of, of people being accredited or non-accredited and people being allowed to invest or not invest. I think I don't think because someone has less money, they should have less investment opportunities than people who have more money, right? Um, but so right now we're open for accredited investors. Um, we've been through this you know, five times of requalification. And every time we go through requalification, we've got to submit our financials, our balance sheets right to the SEC. Um, and so this is something pretty normal, pretty normal for us as, as a company. Got it. So non-accredited investors can invest with you guys, but only during specific times. During specific times of the year. Yeah. When we're open and, and, and qualified. Yeah. Got it. Accredited can invest, you know, all the time. Right. And so you said that happens, what, four or five times a year? So we started in uh, 2019 with the REIT. We've been, we had investment vehicles that people could invest in before that. Um, but we started with the REIT in 2019. And so I want to say we've done it four times, maybe five times um, since 2019, because our, our stock price started at $10 a share. We're currently at $24.08 um, a share. And so I, always, I have to say, you know, past performance does not indicate future performance, right? But it has to tell you what we've done, what we've done in the past. And so, you know, we've done 30% uh, 2020, 2021, 2022 um, for our investors as a stock price change. 
And so, you know, when investors for us invest, um, when they choose to sell their stock, we buy the stock back as a company and we have redemption periods and those kind of things where they're able to do that. Last year in 22, we gave them four uh, windows where they could sell stock. Um, and I felt like, you know, we had about less than, you know, 1% of our investors, you know, um, sell partial, partial, you know, with withdrawals or partial redemptions of stock, which was great. And we, I love it when investors make money. It's probably my favorite thing about our business in the world. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so when we talk about the world of startup, what would you say the worst part of the startup process is? <laughs> I think the unknown, right? I think there's so many pieces to the unknown and you just kind of, it's like you're climbing a ladder um, and you can't always see the next level, right? The next floor with the ladder, but you got to keep climbing the ladder no matter what. And so for me, I think people understanding or knowing, you know, exactly what, what you are, right? And, and, and I think getting the word out and the message out when you feel like you have a great product, when you feel like you treat people right, when you do business right, and making sure that, that people can see that, right? And they can see the truth. And in the investment world, you know, people's brothers, uncles, sisters, aunts talk about what they invested in, or they talk about their cousin who's going to, you know, do their first real estate deal in their entire life, right? Um, but then you also have, you know, the charlatans and you have, you know, the, the Madoffs of the world, right, that have scared the, the crap out of people, right? And so those things exist too. And so being able to be a voice that can stand, you know, apart, right, from, from other things and something people know and, and can trust and believe in it is important to me. Like I look online, you know, every day and I'll see something like somebody will talk about in 2025, you know, they're going to get them, a, you know, a 19%, you know, IRR on, on an investment property. And I'm like, in, you know, 2025, you have no idea what the cost of lumber, the cost of steel, the cost of concrete is going to be. You have no idea what the cost of labor is, what the interest rates are going to be, right? So predicting, you know, returns in the future, I think, you know, is, is, is something that's, you know, it's like false profiting, right? And, 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 and it's, it's not real. And so what we seek to rat is how can we be real? Um, how can we, how can we, can we speak a voice that's louder, louder and, and more real for other people? So. Yeah. And what would you say the best part of the startup process is? <laughs> Seeing your dream come true. I mean, yeah. at the, at the end of the day, you know, um, my dreams, you know, everything I've ever wanted in life, right. I've been able to have and obtain. Right. And, and, you know, I, I lived on my own at 16 and, and, you know, my parents were both addicts. And so when I look at the life I've been able to build with my wife, with my kids, right. Um, my incredible team of people that work with me every day, I have four brothers, two brother-in-laws, um, and, and two brothers I was born with and all four work with my business. Right. Um, and my wife works with my business and my business partner, Amy's my best, best friend in the world. Right. Um, and so as I am able to build with them, but then build with the other, you know, hundred people that work in our company. And I look at, you know, um, like Dalen or, or Gretchen, right. Moms I've known for a decade plus who've worked in my company and my business and helped me build this thing right from, from, from scratch. And, and, and watch them raise their kids. And, and then I look at my investors, right, who've gotten close with us over the years and more connected with us. And I've seen their lives adjust and change and shift um, and, and go from, you know, the unknown and, and the scary part of investing to, you know, being with us, you know, close to a decade and, 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 and knowing what we've built together. I mean, th that's, that's the best part. I mean, just, just knowing what we've accomplished. But I also still feel like I'm just at the beginning, right? And, and so it's kind of like, we got to this point but there's so much more of an impact, but maybe that's kind of, when you talk about DNA of a founder, like I guess our, lots of times we feel like our work's never done, right? There's, there's more to be done for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. The work's never done. It, at least it appears that way. Uh, sure. what, what would you say the grittiest part of the startup process is? 
the grittiest part, I mean, we were gritty. I mean, you know, when you're going into Philly, you're going into Houston, right? And you're buying tax liens and tax deed properties and you're driving a hundred properties in a day. You're going to auctions, right? And you're bidding, bidding on properties. And then, you know, you're working on the, the rehabs and the construction of properties. Um, you know, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, you know, and I was going to go buy our first farm and I threw my kids and my wife, you know, in the car and we drove up to Idaho and the first six farms we wanted to look at were already sold. Um, and as we're driving down the road, there's a you know broken real estate sign in front of front of a farm, and our realtor's like, yeah, I saw that it was listed like two years ago. And you pick up the phone and you call them, and they you know tell me the the price on it, and and you know I go ahead and make an offer, and and we buy it, and that farm turns you know from 400 acres to you know almost 3,000 acres, you know there there in Idaho, you know as we continue to add to it and add to it, and I see what we bought it for and what it's worth today, and I see you know where that had you know broken broken farmland and it had brown you know, grass and, and, and now, you know, you have, you know, 2,800 acres of green, you know, flowing crops and you have, you know, hundreds of cattle, you know, running, running on the farm. Like, like the grit, you know, is, is, is in the art of the deal for me. Um, you know, the grit is in, you know, seeing people who, you know, question, you know, their worth or question their value, right. Within working as the company and to see, you know, like we have a leadership development team built by, um, a lot of former special operations, special forces, individuals that work for our company because we're very pro-military and a big part of our story is you know if, if, if you don't believe in our country and you don't like our warriors then don't invest with us right and and so for me you know our leadership development of our individual team members and our individual people and diving into them investing in them into them is is is, is all that all that's great right all that's how do you get get through is the only way through i my wife and i talk about this all the time is the only three way through is a continuous process is, is you have to continue and you have to continue to take the next step and you have to be willing to say no to a decision you've already made because it's not the right decision and say yes to the next right decision and continue to move forward. And, and so, you know, that's, that's a grit, man. Yeah. I'm absolutely daily. Yes. Yes, we do. Well, Dutch, it's been great to learn more about what you guys are doing over at uh, rad. Want to encourage you to keep up the great work and uh, sure has been great chatting with you for a few minutes. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Um, final thoughts, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good questions. You get to the point you're down to business. There's, there's no question about that. I'd um, love to have you on our podcast sometime, but I appreciate you having us and appreciate the questions. You know what you're talking about. So thanks, man. Thanks, Dutch. I appreciate the kind words. Would absolutely love to be on the show. So we'll stay in touch after the interview. Sweet, brother. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Friends.